0: It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's program. It's called All In. I hope you're feeling all in. I hope you feel like you are a winning on a winning team. And maybe you're not today. Maybe you feel a little down. Maybe you feel a little sad. Maybe things didn't quite go the way you thought they should go. And uh, maybe that's in your personal life. Maybe it's what's, what's happening politically. Maybe it's just something you aren't clear about, sure about. Or maybe you feel like you've been let down. Well, I'm here to reassure you today, number one, that God is still God, that God has a plan, and God's plan for your life, for your home, for your children, for this country is all on course. He's a smart one. He's God, and Jesus is Lord, and so today we want to talk about how to stand Once you've prayed, once you've done all that you know to do, and you may be standing there not sure if you're leaning to the left, leaning to the right, a little weary and weak in your legs, stand in the Lord, knowing that God Almighty is with you. He loves you. He will not desert you. He will deliver you when you stand. You know, one of the things that happens to a lot of Christians is they don't know how to stand. They don't know how to believe for something. If something doesn't quite go exactly the way they thought it was going to go, they're ready to give up, throw their hands in the air, and quit. Well, that never works. See, the the guys and the girls who win are the ones that stand firm. They stand firm. Once they know they've heard from God, once they know they've prayed... They stand firm, firm, feet planted in the ground, immovable. But you don't know what I'm up against. You don't know the obstacles. Really? Really? What, are they too big for you? Sure they are. That's why you need God. That's why you need Jesus. The obstacles aren't too big for God, and they aren't too big for Jesus. Matter of fact, they're nothing. They're like a, a ripple in the water to God. So the things that look impossible for men are possible for God. Now, what we've got to do is we've got to get rid of the old way of thinking. The old way of thinking is, well, maybe God's trying to teach me something by not giving me the answer to my prayer. Really? Really? Do you think God wants you to not have answers to your prayer? Or do you think God wants you to get a handle on how to pray and how to receive results? I think he wants you to get results. How good would it be if everything you prayed for came to pass? Now, what if it came to pass instantly? Would you appreciate it as much as if you had to work for it and keep calling things that are not as though they are? even in the face of everyone else telling you differently, I think it's time for Christians to grow up and be mature and understand that if you're going to hang out with God, if you're going to hang out with the Holy Spirit, if you're going to b- become, b- become like Him, more like Him because we're made in His image and likeness, but if you're going to become more like God, then you have to become more mature and begin to act like God. You need to stop uh, cowering in the corner, running and hiding. Oh, now what am I going to do? Oh, look what just happened. Oh, how can this be happening? When God told you something was going to happen because you prayed for it, then you stand immovable. Let everything around you that you see be a lie yet God be true, and his word be true, because God Almighty, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is just getting ready to move on your behalf. But he can't move if you quit. And unfortunately, that's what happens to most Christians. They quit right in the middle of what's going on. They quit right in the midst of adversity That's not when you quit. That's when you double down and believe. That's when you take God's word and say, no weapon formed against me will prosper for my righteousness is of the Lord. But whatever I do, whatever I do will prosper for I am a tree. I am like a tree, but I'm a tree planted by the rivers of living water. That's right. You're like a tree. Now, God refers to trees a lot. And he talked to us about there's a tree in us, the one we grew up with, believing all the things of the world. And that's a tree that's grown in there. So here in Matthew 15, 13, Jesus answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. So God has to pull out by the roots the old thinking inside of us. That's a plant that was planted in there. The one that says, "Well, you can't always have your own way. Maybe God wants you to suffer. Maybe he's going to teach you a lesson by hurt by hurting you. Or maybe you need to take and be humble yourself by accepting failure." Come on. God doesn't he is not here to teach you how to fail. He's here to teach you how to succeed. Maybe you will learn humility, but that isn't God's perfect will. His perfect will is for you to prosper and to be more like him, to be more like God. That's right, in his image and his likeness. Here it says in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse. And being made a curse for us, it is written, "Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree." So it says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse. So, if He wanted you to experience the curse, why would He go to the trouble of redeeming you? You got to get this right, because there's a lot of people I know, that are, oh, especially now. You know, they they're just walking around with their heads down because they think they lost something in this country or something around them. And they haven't. They haven't lost anything. As a matter of fact, if you stand, um, this country will be better than it ever has. And you'll see that happen right before your eyes when you start to act like he wants you to act. So you must do that now. Stand, therefore. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse. So he wouldn't redeem you from the curse if he wanted you to experience the curse. And if you notice sickness, disease, all that stuff is under the curse. So if he wanted you to somehow learn something, he's not going to put the curse on you because he already did on on his own account. See, he redeemed you from the curse. You got to get that right. This is not a two-way street. You got to stop being a baby in the Lord. If you start thinking God wants you to get COVID or get sick or somehow you're going to learn and Come on, man. That's not the way God operates. God has delivered you from the curse. He sent his only son to die on the cross, suffer and die on the cross, so you don't have to get the curse and have the curse and have the sickness. But you got to stand up. Here in Ephesians 5.1, follow God's example in everything you do, as much-loved child imitates his father. So... If Jesus was standing here and somebody said, you know, I, I just got tested and I'm COVID positive. Uh, would Jesus walk up, lay hands on him and cast it out and heal him? Or would he walk away and say, don't come any closer. Don't come any closer because I don't want to get that COVID. Come on, think about what Jesus would do and start to imitate him. Speak to that curse. You have no authority. You've got no right here. I have been redeemed from the curse, according to Galatians 3.13. I have been redeemed. That means my Savior paid the price for me to not get any sickness or disease. Therefore, I curse the curse. I curse COVID. I curse The demonic. I curse every germ and every virus that tries to touch me. It dies because I have been redeemed. Think about it. God redeemed you so you don't have to experience the curse. So imitate your father. Imitate God. Just do it for an hour, do it for a day. Imitate Jesus. What would Jesus do? Here in Hebrews two fourteen and fifteen, since we, God's children, are human beings, made of the flesh and blood, he became flesh and blood too, by being born in a human form. For only as a human being could be could he die, and in dying break the power of of the devil who had the power of death. So the devil had the power of death and still does over some people, but Jesus defeated him. It says it right here. He defeated him. Only in that way he could deliver those who thought f- fear of death had been living, all th- through fear of death, had been living all their lives as slaves to constant dread. Do you want to be a slave to constant dread? Right now, everybody's wearing masks and, and everybody's being told how to live their life, but do you for the rest of your life want to be a slave to dreading germs that might somehow come on you? Now look, I know that we live in unprecedented times, unusual times, I get it, but don't you think back in the day of the apostles when they had diseases around that would eat, eat your flesh, right? And, and destroy you, that how, how contagious that was when people had to uh, set themselves apart from others so they wouldn't catch it. Yet yeah, Jesus came along. And he healed the leper and he spoke to that disease and he wants us to believe the same way. So Jesus got into the flesh body so that he could take on to himself all of the curse that was here because of Adam's sin in the garden. And then he defeated Satan and the power of death. So you've got no, no fear. You should have no fear of death. None, none. You should have no fear at all because God's in charge. Only in that way could he deliver those through fear of death have been living their whole lives as slaves. I'm not going to live my life as a slave to that. And I know people still are. They're afraid to do anything. Now, listen, I get being careful and I understand the whole premise of it, but stop fearing it Stop it, because the fear itself is what causes the problem. Here in Revelation 1.18, it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid, though I am the first and the last, the living one who died, who is now alive forevermore, who has has the keys of hell, and death. Don't be afraid. I got the keys, Jesus said. I got the keys. I've got it all. I can take care of this death thing. So Jesus is talking, whether it's about this country, or whether it's about your health, or for your family, or your your finances, whatever it is, Jesus is saying, I took care of it for you. You don't have to take care of it. I did. And therefore, I have redeemed you from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. So you don't have to fear the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. When you break the law, which you do and will, you repent and take it to the Lord and say, you know, I shouldn't have did that. that is wrong. I I agree with you, Father, that was wrong. And by doing so, you are redeemed from the curse. But you need to know that by doing that simple maneuver, the curse has no more power over you. None. Satan has to have legal jurisdiction in order for him to do anything to you. And you got to stop giving him that legal jurisdiction with your mouth. You got to stop it. You got to stop it right now. You got to stop it. So how do you do that? You stop saying, "Well, God, maybe God wants me to uh, experience that. Maybe God wants me to get this or get that, or maybe He wants." The, uh, politically this country to go a certain way. No. I'm sorry. Grow up. Will the real believers, will the real Christians please stand up. It's time to get up and get on your, your big boy outfit in Christ and know who you are and stand up. Stand up and, and stand for what God is talking about here. Well, okay, and in Revelations 1.18, it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet, and at the right hand, don't be afraid, Jesus says. He's saying that to you right now. Listen to him. Don't be afraid. Don't be re- afraid of the doctor's results. Don't be afraid of the political results. Don't be afraid of anything. I've got everything in my hands. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. I'm giving you the keys to change it. Here they go. You're going to get the keys to change it. You know, inside of each one of us, we talk, Jesus talked about the plant, the tree, that there's a tree growing in us. And one of the strongest trees is a palm tree. I've talked about this on other programs. it takes palm trees anywhere from three to 40 years to grow depending on the species and for to flower for the first time so it could take before they saw a flower on that tree it could take up to 40 years so when you begin to pray for something it doesn't instantly happen that's the issue see and people stop believing thinking nothing occurred but once you pray once you set yourself in agreement with another believer and pray, it has begun. That tree is planted. And if you water that tree every day by thanking God that it's growing and receiving it, it will continue to grow until you will see a flower and then you'll see the fruit. And so be like the palm tree, you know, three to 40 years. Don't quit. Palm trees have separate male and female flowers. Did you know that? Sometimes they're on the same plant and sometimes as uh, in the date palm, the male and the female flowers are on separate trees. Uh, The date palm, uh, you know, so God has this all organized, how we pollinate, but you can't quit. You can't stop. You have to continue. Now, palms can grow up and be skyscrapers or not, depending on the tree and depending on if they continue, somebody doesn't chop it down because they think it's not flowering, right? So you might think in your life you've been praying for something for a very long time, but that doesn't mean you should chop it down. It doesn't mean you should quit. You just stand because it's about to flower. It's amazing to me how people uh, quit on their own beliefs and dreams, goals, but Jesus came to set us free from that captivity. He came to deliver us. Um, It's just a neat thing to know that Jesus came to set us free from all those old beliefs. So here in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, May the God of peace himself make you entirely pure and devoted to God. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept strong and blameless until the day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back. He's coming back. And all he cares about is that you stay pure and devoted that your spirit and soul and body are kept strong. Keep it strong and blameless. Now, he wouldn't tell you to keep your body strong if he wanted you to get weak and sick. It's contradictory. It wouldn't, that's not how God works. Keep it strong. Imitate your father. Get rid of the old tree. Let the palm tree grow inside of you. Here in John 16, it says, I've told you all this, so that you will have peace. You're not going to walk around broke, busted, sick, and disgusted, worried. You will have peace of heart and mind. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but cheer up! Cheer up! I have overcome the world. So if you're not feeling cheered up today, stop it. Stop it right now and cheer up. God wants you to cheer up. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you for revealing the evil in this world. Thank you for causing all sickness and disease to have no power over us. Thank you, Lord, that you are revealing anything that is interfering in your perfect will here on the earth. So, Father, we thank you that this country's reborn and is stronger than ever. We thank you that you've given us the leadership that you want, and we claim it, and we receive it, and we take it in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, that all things are working together for good for those who trust the Lord, and we will not grow weary. We will not faint. But we will rise up as on eagle's wings and be strong, and our bodies will be strong and peaceful. That's the other part. Peaceful. Here in Romans four, seventeen through nineteen, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He said this to Abram before he called him Abraham. In the presence of him who he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body Already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So here he is with Abram, and he's telling him he's going to be the father of many nations. He's a hundred years old, Sarah is a hundred years old, or whatever, and she's past the age of bearing children. And God's sent an angel to talk to him and said, "You're going to have a, a, ba- a child." And they both, Sarah, snickered and laughed. And, and so did Abram. He laughed. He's, but at the same time, God said, I'm serious. About a year from now, you're going to have a child. I'm going to come back. And so from that point on, he called him Abraham, father of many nations. So he started calling him <coughs> father of many nations before he was the father of any. What do you think of that? If you were to hang out with God for for one day, which you ought to be, because through the Holy Spirit you can, and let him do all the talking, what would he be saying right now about your situation? Would he be describing the situation you're concerned about in great detail, telling you why it happened? Or would he start calling it as he sees it? Would it drive you nuts if He if you had a uh, 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 a a broken arm say or something like that and you were telling God about it all day long and he said, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What broken arm? The one right here I'm in a cast. can't you see it? No, that arm is healed. It's healed. That's what God would be saying. That's a healed arm. but you don't understand it's not not yet it's not. It's healed. God would call things that are not as though they are. And guess what would happen? Then they would happen. But you got to stop fighting him and talking about things as you see them and start calling it as it is. Calling it as it is, for as you want it to be. You call things that are not just like they are. Now I know that's not the most popular way to do it with your friends; they're going to laugh at you. So therefore, don't cut them in on the deal. Don't tell them about it. But let's call things that are not as though they are. Let's take. Let's suppose you still owe money on your on your mortgage on your house. You can say, "I have a mortgage and I'm paying it off," or you could say, "In the name of the living God, Jesus, that mortgage is paid in full." It is done now. It is complete. It is finished. And you go right ahead and keep saying that. Every time you write a check to pay it, you make a statement. It's supernaturally paid off. It is supernaturally paid off. It is supernaturally paid off. You apply that to anything. But Art, that's not true. Well then, you have a choice. You can be like God... Or you can be like men. Men call things that are as, as they see them. God calls things that are not as though they are. Who do you want to be like? You can't have it both ways. Yeah, I know you're only human. Yeah, I know you make mistakes. Yeah, I understand that. But do you want to be like God? Start calling this country free. Start calling this country being that it's led by Christian Believers, start calling this country blessed by the Lord, not cursed. Start calling things that are not as though they are, and don't hesitate, don't stop. That is the blessing. The blessing is on me today. I've got a couple of scriptures here that I love to uh, to start my day with. You know, I I call them I call them the fast get-started scriptures, you know, warm-ups or whatever you want to call them. I'm going to read a couple real quick. I declare that I'm a child of God, and through the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, I am set totally free from the law of sin and death. Here's another one. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blessing wall and the favor wall that you have placed around me and my family, And around all that I have on every side and for blessing the work of my hands and all my possessions which are increasing daily in the land how about that huh here's another one blessed be your name O Lord for you are loading us daily with benefits yes you are the Lord of our salvation and we will praise you every hour and meditate on your great desire to bless us Wow are you saying things like that? Thank you, Lord, that we are the generation of receiving your great grace and mercy, as well as the revelation of the full power of your word working for us here on the earth. Now, we're going to take a break, but we're talking about calling things that are not as though they are. We'll be right back.
0: It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.
2: In Ephesians 6:16, the Apostle Paul says that above all, to stand against the devil's schemes, we must pick up and use the shield of faith. This faith shield is perhaps the most important piece of defensive armor against the fiery darts of the wicked one because it's versatile, mobile, and capable of protecting the entire body. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, with another Stand in the Gap Minute. Faith is that unswerving trust in God to do all he says he'll do. Protection from the fiery darts, those temptations from the devil, those enticements to the sins of blasphemous thoughts and unbelief, The sudden urging to do wrong or entertain sinful thoughts is what only true faith can protect against. These fiery darts like speeding arrows come suddenly and from unexpected places. They pierce and penetrate and can set the soul on fire. How's your faith, Shield? Will you join the battle for truth with us at Stand in the Gap radio and TV? Sign up at Standinthegapmedia.org. It's about time, it's about space, it's about
0: saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me.
1: It's about time. We're back. We're talking about being all in with the Lord. Don't be a broke, busted, sick, and disgusted human being who represents the devil. Be a blessed human being calling things that are not as though they are, standing and walking with your heavenly Father and bringing glory to him by understanding that he came to deliver you from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. And uh, if you don't know that by now, you need to think about it. God has delivered you. God wants to demonstrate his love to you, but the only way he can do that is if you let him in. You know, right now there, uh, there's a lot of circumstances and situations that, especially this year 2020, have gotten out of control. It's easy, uh, to act like a human would, like cars. Like, well, we're just human. Yeah, it's easy to act. You know, upset, impatient, intolerant. You know, you've been asked to wear masks, to isolate, to do all kinds of things. And and then on top of that, there's a lot of deception politically and a lot going on. So you have every right as a human to act like the world. But I'm going to tell you, you are not of the world. You are of your heavenly father and you are to act like him. Here in Romans 5.8, it says, uh, 5.8 eight through 10, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Christ? For if while we, while we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? So, if God came to rescue you and I before we even knew who he was, how much more will he rescue you now that you know who he is? But on the other hand, he left us with a great commandment to love one another as Christ loved the church. So, we have to respect that with those people out there who don't even know God yet. Matter of fact, they're the target. If you want to know the truth, the ones you know who upset you the most because they are against what you believe, they're against the Word of God, they're against even that there's a creator, yet God wants us to go to them and receive them into his kingdom. While you were sinner, God came to you. So while they're sinners, turning their back on God, and there's some that can can claim to be Christians who are still representing death to children and other things like that, and they don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. If, they, if they've accepted, I can't imagine someone has really accepted Jesus and then continues to go in a certain way, like just ignores the word of God. But God loves them. That's the important part. And you can't be so upset with people that you can't pray for them. So when somebody really upsets you, whether it's a political figure or whether it's a family friend or whoever, that means you're supposed to be in forgiveness and prayer for that person. That's what it means. And you have every right to claim their soul for the kingdom, just as God claimed yours by sending his only son. Now he gave us all free choice. They may not accept the free offer, but your job, our job, to plant the seed To plant the seed. That's what our job is. Some plant the seed, some water, some see the harvest. But God has a plan. And he wants you and I, at this moment in time, I know that because you wouldn't be alive right now if he didn't have a plan for you to do that. But if you're a Christian, it's your job to love your enemies. And you do that by spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, That's how you do it. Since we are now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him, how much more through his Son? For we must all, and this is Second Corinthians, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. Now, If you're a Christian and you've accepted Christ, you're going to appear before the judgment seat, but you are going to hear the words that you have been forgiven. You know, you've been forgiven and you get to go into heaven, but you will also be judged on the good or bad that you've done. So there are rewards, many rewards in heaven, that you will be able to experience if you do the work God sent you to do. So, we're sent right now. You're sent right now. Your job is not to uh, start a civil war, your job is to win a spiritual one. And you do that with the word of God. And you can. You're empowered. You can. We have every authority over every demon in this planet through Christ. And you have the right to take authority. And you can do that right from your throne at home, wherever you sit, wherever you pray. That's your throne. You can sit down because Jesus sat down. You can sit down in Christ and you can take authority. Revelations 19, uh, verse 6 through 10. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder shouting. Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad, and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. I'm telling you that right now, in this moment, the Bride of Christ, we are all the Bride of Christ, has an opportunity to get on the linen, to get ready right now for the bridegroom is coming. Right now, put on Christ. Get yourself ready for the wedding feast. There's going to be a wedding feast. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And um, then an angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb." And he added, these are the true words of God, for you shall not go out with haste. We're not going to go out of this planet in haste, like we're running away, nor by flight. You're not running away. You're not going to flee. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Do you understand that this is not going to be the time when the church falls this is going to be the time where the ch- church reigns stands up and god goes be- the lord will go before you and the god himself will be your rear guard nothing by any means will hurt you we're in that moment where the bride of christ needs to put on the fine linen and prepare for the wedding banquet. It's coming, and we're in that moment. So, what does that mean? That means you can act broke, busted, sick, and disgusted, go hide in a hole somewhere, or you can get up and boldly proclaim the gospel as never before. That's right. Even you who've never talked about it before have something to say, because it's inside your heart. And, the, you know, that what I love to talk to people about is what do you think happens when you die? Where do you think you're going to go? You know, you're not going to live forever, and you can create an empire here on Earth. But when you leave, the empire don't go with you. So, that's uh, that's an important thing to think about. Where do you go? How do you get to where you want to be? And that is, how do you get to live forever? And how do you get to live under the laws and rules that will allow you to fully enjoy your life for eternity? That comes with the law of God. And that comes with the blessing of God. And that comes with the blood of Jesus. And that comes with the forgiveness of Jesus. And that comes with the blessings that come from being in Christ. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently he shall be exalted, extolled above every high, every, and be very high. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred. <clears throat> Jesus was so marred, more than any man, and his form more than any man, more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths. At him, For what had not been told them, they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall consider. In Psalm 92, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. That's what I was talking about before, the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So if you are allowing the plant of Jesus, the plant of God's word to grow in use inside of you, You're going to flourish right now. Right about now, you're going to flourish. I know a lot of people have been running around all upset over what's going on. It's not the time to be upset. It's the time to praise God. It is the time to proclaim His kingdom. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it already is in heaven. Forgive us, O Lord, our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us or sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, Lord, from every evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. You know, I mean, holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, everything we need. And forgive us our our debts. Forgive us our sins. That is the most beautiful, powerful prayer. And all we've got to do is live in it. Use it. Here it says in Isaiah 52, Awake! 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 Put on your strength, O Zion. Awake, wake up. Put on your strength. Stop acting weak. Put on your beautiful garments. Get those linen garments out. Put them on. O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus says the Lord, you have sold yourselves for nothing and you shall be redeemed without money. you know what that means? Every day you walk in slavery to being broke, busted, sick, and disgusted, you sold yourself into that mental state that you think you don't deserve anymore. And yet Jesus came back and redeemed us and says, here, it's a free gift. Believe in my word and I will deliver you from the poverty. Three things he delivers us from. Poverty, sickness, and death. That's right. Poverty, sickness, and death. All three. Jesus got it for you. And he's not asking you for money. Could you imagine what would a what would a person pay to have eternal life? Huh? And here God's offering it to you with no money. For free. Have you ever thought about that? And how many people turn down the offer? It boggles your mind. For thus says the Lord God, My people went down at first into Egypt to dwell there. Then the Assyrians oppressed them without cause. Now, therefore, what have I here, says the Lord, that my people are taken away for nothing? Those who rule over them... Well, I don't know if I... Those who rule over them should be here, one of the next pages, but probably out of line. Here. Make them well, says the Lord, and my name is blasphemed continually every day. You can always tell if the leaders are following God by the way they talk. If they're blaspheming God and then turn to you and say, follow me, I have answers that will help you I don't think so and my name is blasphemed continually every day therefore my people shall know my name therefore I shall know in that day that I am they shall know in that day that I am he who speaks behold it is I how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news who pro- good news? How beautiful is it that Jesus brought good news? Who brings glad tidings of good things? Who proclaims peace? Who proclaims salvation? Who says to Zion, Your God reigns? You, wa- your watchmen shall lift up your their voices. Who's the watchman? Your watchmen shall lift up their voices. With their voices, they'll say, they shall sing together. Prophets, modern day prophets. Right now, there's a number of online modern day prophets that have been prophesying what's going on in the election, what's going on uh, in life itself. And if you listen to them, if you know who you know who the true prophets of God are, they're all saying the same thing. And when they're saying the same thing, it's a chorus, it's a chorus of of unity, of them singing together the same prophetic message. That's how you know it's from God. It's neat, actually. It's one of the neatest things. Um, Where was I? They shall sing together, You waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people... He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of God. So the world is about to see the manifestation of the salvation of God. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. So God's saying to us, get away from those people don't don't listen to them stop listening to the fake news report the fake stuff walk away don't listen go out from there don't touch the unclean thing they're not getting messages from god they're getting messages from their own lying staff i'm sorry But a lie is a lie, and the truth is the truth. Don't listen to them. Move away. Go out from the midst of her. Be clean. How do you be clean? You get in God's Word. It'll clean you up. You've got to focus on God's Word. If you're all upset, broke, busted, sick, disgusted, man, just don't know where to turn... Get into God's word. It'll clean you up. It'll turn you around. It'll cause miracles to happen. I don't care who's in office. Your miracles are not affected by them. You who bear the vessels of the Lord. Man, so are you bearing the vessel of the Lord? Then you should be shouting for joy. You should be lifting him up. Now, here in Romans eight eleven, it says, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Do you realize what it says there? It says the same Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead took him out of the grave were reunited his spirit with his flesh and lifted him up. That same power is in you, is in I, myself. We need to acknowledge it and use it. And um, the more you do that, the more you'll grow. The more you grow in the Lord. Uh, as we come to a part where we wrap this up I just want to say that I believe with all my heart that we are in a moment of a full manifestation of God's power on this earth I don't know if it will ever be the way it used to be say in the 60's and the 70's and the 80's In the 90s because we are in the 2020s and God is preparing to return and in doing so he's separating the wheat from the chaff there's a natural wall or barrier that is between the two but it is still our job as Christians to love one another in spite of upheavals. And the more it goes, the more everything turns towards serving God, whether it's in government or whether it's in your home or whether it's in your state, your town, wherever it is, the more conflict there will be because darkness never looked darker until it was next to the sun. And the sun exposes the darkness and causes it to be fully exposed in the earth. I believe all the darkness is about to be exposed. And in that moment, it's kind of like lancing a boil. You know, if you ever had a boil, the only way to get rid of it, you have to cut it and let the pus out. And when that pus comes out, it's not pretty. But the healing can't truly start until you get the pus out. And right now, we're about to lance the boil. God's doing it, not us. God's Holy Spirit is moving across the face of this earth. And God is going to have his way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. That is my prayer. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. We bind and take authority over every demonic attack on this country, on this land, on our family, friends, or anyone you've given us to pray for. And we decree that Jesus, the Son of God, is reigning strong in the United States of America. We decree that this is the day that you've given us to rejoice and be glad. So this day, Lord, we stand in your image and likeness, more bold than ever before, putting on the linen garments, preparing the Bride of Christ So that when you return, you will find faith in this land. Because we believe and call things that are not as though they are. And we stand firm until they come to pass. So Father, thank you for an opportunity to pray and stand in your word. In Jesus' name. And we just ran out of time. We thank you, everyone, for being a part of All In. And somehow, way, God is about to reveal himself to you in a very special way. Relax and enjoy what's going on around you and know that Jesus is Lord. It's about time,
0: it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war.